1: Welcome to the HP Podcast, episode number 254. I'm always a little bit worried I'm going to get the episode number wrong, but nobody's ever called me out on it, so who cares? This is a show where we talk about video games. Joining me today, the beautiful, very well-illuminated Dave. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I I have a weird question for you, Ben, and I especially
0: wanted to ask you just because I know you recently moved into a new house, but... Uh, a year ago, but yeah. Just yeah. before I came on the show today, uh, my wow. wife and I discovered that the there is a mystery light switch on the main floor beside the garage that controls the exhaust fan in an upstairs ba- uh, bathroom. Okay. So, have you found, like, weird shit in your house before? Because that's, like
1: um that's
0: really definitely
1: weird. and i feel like a lot of it has to do with light switches and outlets yeah. not in this house per se but definitely in the past i've had that happen yeah
0: we've been here since august and and have not figured out what that light switch does until now and i figured it would be like an outlet somewhere that uh-huh. it, no it's it's the upstairs fan for some reason i i'd huh. like i'd like to believe it's 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 this is an electrician's sense of humor
1: coming through right I guess that's potentially true. I don't know. It's probably just that that's the place that they could wire it in somehow. Yeah. Like that's where the wire ran. which is odd. It didn't run into the bathroom. I don't know. Do you know who built the house? Some some guy. It's, let's like, say can you call him and ask him? Yeah, sure. And- <laughs> give him a call. You should. Yeah. Just be like, hey, I don't want to throw any shade your way, but I'm just curious what the I hell. I know it it's is. been
0: 24 years,
1: yeah. but why? Right. Yeah, you can do yeah, that. Sure. Dave, good to have you. Brandon, hello. Also, your room is... I see some light in the background there that's looking nice on your TV. Yeah, do, yeah. Got a little backlight there. I got the... Uh, I actually forgot to
2: plug them in um, the other day, and I'm like, wow, it's really fucking dark in here. And I got a lamp too, which is really nice. Uh, I yeah. don't like... I don't know about you guys, but the overhead light is like a, a, uh, a no-go in Brandon's mm-hmm. space of living. Uh, I like the um, ambient lighting. More than the overhead light The overhead light is for like um, If I'm like building a dresser Or like you know putting something together Or like reading a manual But even reading a book it wouldn't be the same But if I was doing like you know The Lord's work or something um, I'd turn Mm -hmm. on the overhead light But in every other case
1: it is Indirect lighting Always always so I'm like a little gremlin I don't really like Having lights on Like for instance today I was eating lunch and my wife walked in and goes, uh, "Do you want me to turn the light on?" And I'm Why? like, "Why? We've been married almost twelve <laughs> years. You know I don't turn lights right. on when I work at night. Like, the only light is maybe what gets in through my window, but I have a blackout curtain on it, and then just the, the light of the monitors. Listen, I'm a I'm a digital age boy. That's right. <laughs> with probably going it. to be really terrible eyeballs at some point right. because this is how I operate. So we don't need them if yeah. it's dark, you know." Yeah, see, when the, when the EMP hits and everybody, everybody's just freaking dead because they can't find their way around, we will survive. The right. well, cockroaches, the gaming, the gamers, the cockroaches are going to be the ones who take would over. Would you
2: say that they might rise up at that point?
1: I think, I think that would qualify okay. as a gamers rise up right. moment. Yeah, it is possible. Impressive. Well, this is the HP podcast. We talk about video games and stuff like that from time to time you can support us over on handsome phantom no patreon.com handsome phantom for as little as a dollar a month we appreciate that add free early access to the audio if you're a video viewer you're here maybe later maybe you're here right now god the train is here already it's coming in early it's tonight make it that's it's all right at the top. we're gonna push through at the top of the show it's a live show there's no cutting it we can't cut around it it doesn't matter um is it done that was three that's four <laughs> Can you, hear, can you hear it well?
2: Yeah, it just no, me? no, no, I can definitely hear it. And what's super funny is, we're going to talk about this later, but the new Fortnite has a train in it. And so yeah. part of the time when I was playing, I couldn't, I was like, is Ben in? Is that Ben's house or is that in the game? <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell. Um, I, on I was the streaming. Uh, the background.
1: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> I was streaming last week and uh, the train went by and I was playing Sea of Thieves and somebody in chat, one of my friends was like, um, what was that train sound? And I was like, that's at my house. And she was like, wow that's so real. It sounded fake. I was like, yeah, that's true. That <laughs> anyway, we're here on Ben is handsome. The YouTube channel, uh, every Tuesday night at 7 PM, unless we give you a heads up in advance. And then you can catch us on Wednesday, Thursday, whatever on the audio feeds, if you like, or whatever, YouTube, whatever. You can also catch us over on our discord channel, uh, dot phantom.com slash discord. We hang out there. We have a good time. We mock th- today. Uh, I accidentally scheduled the show to go live on the Handsome Phantom Channel. It's totally fine if you're coming from there. Happy to have you. Um, But we don't normally stream there. But it, uh, it popped up in Discord and was like at everyone. And I was like, when did this happen? And then the AI took over and it started responding to things we were saying. It was saying. sentient. I that. It's sentient. <laughs> yeah. You can't have any of the Skynet
2: shit Me 6 happening. was
0: annoying for like the longest time, but tonight it was just, it was on another level. It was kind of entertaining, wasn't
2: yeah.
1: it? Yeah, it was a little bit. Me 6 is completely sure. out of pocket tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about feet and everything else. Let's get to some of the comments here real okay. quick. Um GTA six says real radic. Yes, we will. We will talk about GTA six. Uh, Ed cast says feet. No again. Um, Benji Bob says I'd much rather use my desk lamp that sits on my monitor than the actual light at my office. When I was at an office, uh, I was in this like this little cave, and it was just all fluorescent lights. There was no natural light at all. I had to walk through like seven doors to get the natural light, and I would always like unscrew the two of the four fluorescent bulbs over my desk over my cubicle and like you know once a week when the maintenance people would do their rounds or whatever to check lights they would always either screw them back in or replace the bulbs so eventually i just stuck a sticky note up there and was like i did this intentionally please stop (laughs) please stop putting them back in uh benji says the train is soft but audible and that's and then ed says that's the loudest the train has ever been soft Um, soft but audible is how
2: i've been described before
1: yeah i've (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely been in that same situation, um, from from what I understand. Guys, you want to get into some news? We're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about what Radic wants us to talk about. Well, I wasn't going to talk about GTA Six, but since Radic brought it up, we might as well get it into it. It was
0: originally supposed to launch today the the trailer was supposed to come out today. So we kind of it just worked out well. Timing did. was for us. Yeah. It did.
1: This was intentional. I'm the leaker. Yeah. Thanks, man. dude. Well, I shouldn't dude, say. Dude, that I was going to say yeah <laughs> not even the joke stream not even once
2: we just see ben gets slide tackled by a
1: ride shield <laughs> dan hauser himself rockstar games sparked excitement by announcing that this is going back before the leak okay so this this news is written okay whatever rockstar games has sparked excitement by announcing the release date for the gta 6 trailer on december 5th this revelation broke records becoming the most liked gaming post on x or twitter making the second time in a month. Fans speculate about a Vice City connection, given hints from Rockstar's merchandise and the chosen announcement image. The image, featuring palm trees and three birds, fuels speculations about whether each whether three distinct cities or extensive wildlife in the upcoming game. Rumors suggest GTA 6 will have the largest map in the franchise's history, possibly incorporating sections from Vice City. Soon after, a short TikTok video supposedly linked to a Rockstar Games employee's son, who I believe is a minor offers a seven-second glimpse of GTA 6's early development in Vice City. The leak hits at three main cities and four smaller ones, making the game twice as big as GTA 5's Los Santos. Screenshots of a conversation with Aaron Garbett, head of development at Rockstar North, mentioned three major cities and four sub-cities, etc. I don't want to talk more about the potential leaks, so we do not get copyright struck, uh, or whatever that's called. The official GTA 6 trailer debuted after an early leak, confirming the game's setting in the fictional state of Leonida, inspired by Florida. The trailer showcases Vice City and other locations, introducing two protagonists and highlighting in-game social media features. Rockstar emphasizes GTA 6 as the biggest, most immersive evolution of the series and is set for a 2025 release on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. The absence of a PC version confirmation raises questions about its eventual release. Rockstar co-founder Sam Houser describes GTA 6 as a new vision for immersive, story-driven, open-world experiences, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, oh, I wrote the same thing twice. Okay. There's a lot to talk about here with GTA 6. But let's start off. Let's talk about the when they announced the trailer was coming. We knew this was a moment that was going to break the Internet, even though we all knew the game was coming and eventually a trailer would be coming. Right. But... Brandon, since you have uh, a lot of experience with GTA, absolutely more more than I do. I don't know about Dave, but more than I do for sure. Uh, talk about the 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 hype cycle. Man, it was uh, it turned up right away, and I guess this
2: is coming as absolutely no surprise. I mean, the uh, the media cycle picked up on it instantly, and I don't know what was what got more hype: the actual post or every literally everyone posting about it um, you know you kind of had the initial wave of people looking at the photo which didn't really give you too much a lot of people were speculating it says trailer one and they're like oh that means we'll probably get a trailer two and maybe a trailer three and then maybe it'll be out next year and then you had like the second or third wave of interactions after everyone was done posting about it and it was people making fun of it you had all these companies like Fall Guys and Halo memeing on it so it's an absolute and they didn't even need this right rockstar doesn't need the extra pr help but it's so clear how much of a wave that this company has in the industry that it just it it just kept rippling throughout the day over and over and over again and that wasn't even the trailer i mean we're gonna get to that um (laughs) right literally like 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 a screen grab so um was really really exciting to see that, and you know we were only mere days away from seeing it, and then we kind of got the leaks. I don't know if Dave wants to chime in about about the yeah. photo.
0: Yeah, I mean, just as GTA Six as a whole, like before the trailer even came out, uh, I remember I think it was about a month ago where uh, we had our first kind of um, official mention of the next GTA game. Uh, in like an earnings call or something. And I remember I was driving to work and I was it was news on like news radio on AM radio that I listened to here in like Toronto. And it's just it was wild to me that like not even like the game hadn't even come out. It hadn't been announced. It was literally just like a mention in an earnings call. And I think it just kind of goes to show how big Grand Theft Auto is like as mm. just a... A pop culture icon, so um, this is all really exciting because it's 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 such like a keystone moment. And and somebody in our Discord kind of pointed this out yesterday that like it's been 15 years. So like mm-hmm. we do not get a Grand Theft Auto game every year like we do with some franchises. So this is a really
1: special. we used to get them more frequently. Yeah, yeah. But
0: I mean, yeah. the way that these games are kind of made now, like 15 years is a bit much. But it it it's it's still kind of. It's fun to savor these moments and enjoy them because like before we know it, the game's are going to come out and we'll finish it in 40 hours and then it's, it's like it's another 10 years for the, for the next one to come out. So, yeah, I'm just kind of enjoying this. It's, it's a lot of fun to hear about video games in throughout mainstream media and Grand Theft Auto is just so polarizing that it, it kind of does that. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's been fun to see, that's for sure.
1: GTA has been such a staple of pop culture. Not just gaming culture, but pop culture um for probably since at least gta 3 i would say gta 1 and 2 were top down it wasn't as widely known you know it wasn't as white but once gta 3 came out and like you could take hookers into the alley and kill them um everybody started paying attention <laughs> yeah that's what did it uh the people who wanted to do that and the moms and dads who didn't want their kids to to get in on that and all the politicians and and it's just been it's just been so huge, but really, like GTA 4, I remember being pretty big. I mean, Vice City, San Andreas, they were everything's been big, but I think it's this is the biggest moment ever uh, in the in the sphere of GTA and maybe even in gaming. Oh, dude! Definitely in gaming because I mean, after having t- what twelve, fifteen, whatever it is years of GTA Online. And so many people buying it. And it's still being in the top of the charts every month. And, of course, GTA Five, everybody's had a chance to, to play through with it by now. Um, it just reaches so many more people. Yeah. Combined with the fact that compared to when GTA Five came out, we were basically in the Stone Age. Then. Now we're connected <laughs> all the time, everywhere, Literally. everything. I mean, 2013, you thought already we were connected every way possible. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like when GTA Seven comes out. But, yeah, so just the hype alone... a single image announcing a trailer to announce a game we already knew was coming and probably wouldn't be coming for a while it's just insane how much that brought in and i can't i really can't imagine anything else as big honestly it probably beat internet chatter for just about every other topic except for maybe michael jackson dying and that was 15 years ago so yeah it's really interesting interesting to see uh we got some chats here let's see what we got uh rockstar is a genuine force in not just gaming gta is so huge you can call them a fortune culture Uh, yeah that's true i just said that and i think you probably typed it before i said it but i didn't see it do you remember where you were when gta 5 came out um brandon i want you to tell the story of your dad we've told this story on the show before But it, I think this is the, mo- the this is a monumental occasion. It's worth right. telling the story about your dad well, my, at the Midnight Right. My, my dad's been a Grand Theft Auto fan since 3. Um, I don't think
2: he played any of the other ones, but he was a huge GTA 3 fan, loved Vice City, loved San Andreas. I grew up with Grand Theft Auto. Um, and he even loved 4, which I didn't even really get as into as he did. But... Um, <laughs> so he was obviously really hyped for GTA 5, right? And... Fast forward years later, I mean, he's played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I don't know anyone who's played as much GTA Five as my dad has. So we're all going to the midnight release, right? Back when they still did this. Most of the time in our town, they don't have enough interest to do this anymore. So we don't even get midnight releases about half the time. But it was a midnight release. And so we go to our 24-hour diner, um, Dustin and I. And my dad is like, yeah, I'm going to head over now. And, and, and we're like hours early. That's why we're going to get dinner and we're like okay i mean i guess you can go wait (laughs) for hours if you want to so you know we hang out we eat um you know just chill out for a bit and we roll up and maybe you know an hour before maybe 45 minutes before and we're all just hanging out in line my dad's smoking a cigarette and you know there's a little bit of a lull in the conversation for a minute and he takes a drag of his cigarette and he goes (sighs) i came too fucking early (laughs) (laughs) he was i swear to god he had to have been sitting in his car for like over two hours easily um but yeah that was a crazy midnight release i mean there were people peeling out of the parking lot and everything i'd never been to a midnight release that was that lit I, i feel like it speaks to so many more demographics than like your typical gamer demographic let's say um but yeah man it was it was so cool I was there midnight and I bought the game again another time. I know that's what a lot of people did, but... Um, oh, you didn't buy it at midnight that night? No, no, no. What I did actually is target for a little bit. I had the 360 version um, oh, okay. and then you could like trade up to the next gen console. They had like a deal running yeah. for a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, man, good times. And
1: I don't know. Do we want to talk about the trailer? Because I feel like it, like the trailer is nuts. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. I was just gonna say to pitch it to Dave. Dave, it's kinda crazy that uh we it's it's been two console generations since this game. And you would think that if you skip two generations, you may not have the hype, but that has not been the case. I guess they didn't skip two. They're on to the second one since the since GTA five came out. But um just a lot of like so many reissues and re-releases and Obviously, they're selling like the cards like crazy because people play GTA Online. The, the shark cards spend so much money on those. But I just thought, David, it's kind of crazy that it's been two generations really since GTA Five yeah, yeah. and it's still as relevant as ever. Yeah,
0: and like how many weeks was Grand Theft Auto Five at the top of the sales charts? Through it still is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just unreal the persistence that this game has had, and I think GTA Online kind of fueled it and just to kind of segue into the talk about the trailer um when when again we got the the official confirmation from Take-Two that there was a a next GTA game that was coming um the first thing that came to my mind is like year and a half or a year ago we were talking on this podcast about how how much money Grand Theft Auto Online was making and i i think i remember saying like Rockstar doesn't need to make another Grand Theft Auto like they're just they are printing money with Grand Theft Auto online. And there's a chance that Grand Theft Auto six could actually threaten or kind of disrupt the money that they're making with online. And when this got announced and now that we've seen the trailer and stuff, I I kind of thought to myself like I was a bit naive of me um, because we know what Rockstars are, are, uh, are like. And even though they're printing money over there, like they are innovators and they're they're really working hard and taking all this money and dumping into something that is, you know, may feel like a traditional open world game, but it's going to be like just fraught full of new and cool ideas. And I think yeah. that's what's exciting about this is now we're getting our first glimpse of how cutting edge it is going to be. So, yeah, it's exciting.
2: Yeah. Brandon, move on to the trailer. Yeah, I was going to say, let's hop right into it. I mean, you know, we knew... B- because of the listing, that it wasn't going to be a very long trailer. And I saw on Twitter that the first trailers, even though this was like a minute 30, which has been like the longest ever um, in recent mm-hmm. years, that we weren't going to get too too much. But man, did it feel like we got a lot in a minute 30. Mm-hmm. Was it just me? No, I agree. It felt like it was it was packed. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I We didn't really know what was going on with the setting too much, to my knowledge. Did we know prior to this? Nope. I didn't think so okay so we we
1: had rumors of where it was like, right where it was gonna it be be like but yeah.
2: no confirmation yeah. and you know you instantly see the iconic locations you instantly recognize cars but i've been seeing it over twitter all day this is like the third or fourth wave of pr that this game is getting is just the absolutely hysterical um references all the florida man references like it's <laughs> such gold and GTA, there are very few games... that There are TV shows that do satire pretty well, right? But not many games do it as well as Grand Theft Auto has consistently for years now. I mean, the entire thing is a satire. Like, that's kind of... Has been the shtick for years, right? But, man, between that and, you know, seeing all these really cheeky-ass references to Florida culture and having our buddy from Miami being like, I recognize some of this shit and... Man, it's just so cool to see, and on top of that, it's like it was delivered in such a just absolutely phenomenal-looking package, and you know, you can say whatever you want about it, like, it looked amazing. Like, at points, it almost looked photorealistic, and I know we say that all the time about games, and you know, we weren't getting, like, macro shots of stuff or anything, but yeah, just in motion, it was so crazy to see, even from GTA V, which... By a lot of standards, I mean, on PC, I'm sure still looks really good to the day. I don't have it on PC, but yeah, just what what an insane step up. Um, and I mean, I would assume the trailer is running on a PC, but even still like super crazy and love to see the settings, love the callbacks and love just right in your face right away. The satire is there and it's like, this is what we're about. And I've been seeing it all day on Twitter and it just... It makes me laugh every single time, man. Seriously, it does. Yeah. Like the Florida man culture in a video game is going to be just. We've only scratched the surface. That was a minute thirty. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What, what did you think, Dave?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I've only watched it once. I I plan to go back and watch it again a few more times. And uh, another thing I really want to do is I kind of want to go back and watch the first trailer for Grand Theft Auto Five because now that. You know, we've all played Grand Theft Auto V, and it's kind of cool to go back and watch that and realize how many little hints there were to like gameplay and story w- hidden within that trailer. And then it's kind of fun to watch what we have now with GTA Six and kind of speculate. Um, I remember going back and watching the Grand Theft Auto V trailer and being like, "Oh, you know, they didn't even talk about heist when this trailer came out, but like, there's so many, there's so many clues and, and hints that this is going to be a big part of the game." So. I like that. Um, I I, got, I have to admit, I I was a little disappointed in the setting. Um, now, I I Vice City is my favorite game in the series. I I love that game dearly. Um, but I, I a small part of me was kind of hoping that we were going to see something new. Um, granted, you know this is Vice City. This is Florida. It's going to be a bigger map. It's it's several decades in the future. So there's a lot that can change. I feel like a lot that identified and set Vice City apart was the 1980s, and obviously we're not getting that here, so I think there's going to be a lot of difference, differences there. But I feel like Rockstar could have done whatever they wanted, and and people would love it, and they do it really, really well. And I just I thought it was a little... I don't know. I was just hoping for something a little bit different. But in any case, what we've seen in the trailer kind of shows, just to echo what I said before, that you know they've really taken the last several years to to really innovate and make this really cutting edge and fun and interesting, and it's probably going to live on just like GTA five did for another 15 years. So, um, yeah, as I said, I'm excited to go back and kind of pick it apart a little bit and and watch some of the reaction videos where, you know, they take a one-minute video and they turn it into a 30-minute trailer where they just, like, <laughs> play, pause. What is this? Play, pause. What is this? So, yeah, again, fun times. It's just fun times
1: absolutely dave brandon i'm wondering what do you think about the fact that it's you know it seems like it's going to be so full of modern pop culture references and stuff about social media mm-hmm. and everything else like there, there's that hint of that in sure. there or there's a lot of it in there and we understand it because we've lived through that but we want games to stand the test of time and with something like vice city you know when, when vice city came out it was very easy to it was a period piece, right? Like things were way in the past, so you maybe you didn't know them, and if you did, it was it helped a little bit. But with something that's so like right now, um, do you think it loses the potential of relevancy in the future? And that even goes for when it releases in probably two years, some of that stuff might already be like sure. out of memory. Uh, but especially in ten years, it's probably. I mean, it's very likely it's at least another ten years before we get another GTA game if the things go the same way they've been so I don't know are you are you at all does that bother you at all no I think that honestly you're right and so, something like Vice City one of
2: my most beloved games I played it on PSP and I played it on PS2 um, what's interesting about that is I wasn't a part of that culture either but it's done in such a way that has such a respect and an understanding for it and, and in such an accessible way that is an easily told story with, uh, you know, quippy and catchy things going on. It's like it gets you interested in that. So do I feel like maybe it won't be as relevant and maybe some people won't know what's going on at points if it's more modern? Sure. But the beauty about the GTA game is that there's like something for everybody in these games. And I, I gained an appreciation for 80s culture that I didn't even have. I'm telling you, some of my earliest Growing up with with San Andreas and growing up with Vice City, I can tell you that they heavily, that the radio stations heavily affected my music taste. And that's such a magical thing. And I think that there's no way Rockstar is going to fall short on this one. I mean, I actually find it kind of interesting and actually the opposite effect of that, that it's modern. I feel like it almost is giving us um, an ability to, whereas we were reflecting on and satiring the past, I feel like it's almost a more genuine um, experience when you can almost satire the present because that's that's something that can be more difficult to do without retrospect. Um, And I feel like that's kind of, it might take a little bit extra, but I feel like in some ways it's almost more meaningful to look at what's happening now and criticize it than having all this time to criticize what happened before. If that makes sense,
1: yeah, I think so. I think that definitely makes sense, Dave, your perspective on uh i don't know the time period and is it is it good or bad i don't know i don't think it, i don't think it's good or bad, but is it will it be appreciated in the future
0: um that's a good question i i I think like if I was to take another ten years and then go back and play GTA five which is, as Ed has just kind of mentioned in the chat that's that's kind of early 2010s and um, as you were talking, I was thinking about like GTA Five. One of the key art images is a girl taking a selfie in early 2010s. That's whatever that was the social media thing with selfies, and TikTok wasn't a thing. So how is how is GTA Six going to embrace those kind of trends and hopefully make fun of it because they're ridiculous and and you know how is that going to be reflected in several years so yeah it's definitely a good point that not doing kind of a period piece is 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 something that may not age well but at the same time i think playing it in the present just makes it so much more interesting because you know just like south park does so well like it's you're, you're laughing at like current events in such like a reflective way so it's it's sort of that it, I think another reason why these games are so special—it's you know why GTA Five is so special and GTA Six is—it's endearing. Like we're kind of laughing at ourselves in a way because it's it's making fun of stuff that we think is relevant now. But yeah, and yeah, just a really nice snapshot of time. It's it's
1: it's yeah. cool. Um, Trash says we are so deep in the into the internet shit that it's really hard for anyone to say anything new. I think that's true, and I, I do think that. You talk about selfies being the big thing. I mean, selfies are still a big thing, right? So there's a very good potential that a lot of the modern stuff we see now is still the modern thing in another 10 years or even longer. Uh, Ed says, something I'm definitely looking forward to. GTA 5 gave me Kendrick Lamar. Let's go. And I think 4 gave me Kanye West. So you're looking for your new, I assume you're looking for your your new music. Ed, that's King Kendrick. Please, that please. King Hendrick, it's yeah. King Kendrick. Vice
2: society, just
0: yeah. to reinforce what Brandon said, Vice, Vice City gave me Flock of Seagulls. Seriously,
2: oh, yeah. dude. That, Absolutely. that is their
1: song, and that's all. <laughs> that
2: is it. <laughs> yeah, that is it, man.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit. And I, I mean, if you don't like GTA, you probably don't listen to any podcast this week, but we're going to talk about a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit about the, the leaks leading up to... No, so not only the the leak, the TikTok leak from the, the developer oh, son. Oh, uh, just, just hold up,
2: okay. Raddick, get the fuck out, get the what fuck says, out that was a troll man! What? No, no, no do that. that's a troll. He's, He's tra- trolling. No. I'm fee- I, I'm. I, I am now paying the troll toll. You. got me this time. You got me this so what, time. So what, if
1: you if you're if you're not seeing it or hearing it or whatever, what Raddick said in chat is Drake is better than Kendrick. Let's be real. How do you feel it- as a Canadian, Dave, about that statement, I think
0: it's it's wow, it's, it's utter horseshit, is what it is. See, yeah. e-
2: even from the mainland of Drizzy, he does not <laughs> accept that shit. You see what I'm saying here? I, I did, um, I did bite hard. I know he,
1: he knew, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Here's what we'll do: if you agree with the statement, uh, give a thumbs up on the YouTube video. If you disagree with the statement, give a thumbs up on the YouTube video. Either way, <laughs> throw a thumbs up, a like on. Um, Onto the onto the YouTube video, uh, Radix conversation is going to be ignored for the rest of the show as is normal. <laughs> uh, anything, anytime he talks about pop culture, I'm like, you're you're oh. like 23 and a half, dude. You don't oh. like I don't even, that might be giving them that's too old. I think. Um, let's talk about the leaks. So we got we got the original leak from TikTok from the from, allegedly from the developer's son. imagine that, and then of course we have the leak of the actual trailer. Yeah. On Twitter with a Bitcoin advertisement stamped over it. Uh, at least that was one of the ones I saw initially. Um, and they just said, you know what, whatever, we're releasing it early. But Dave, talk I, I don't know. You don't have to talk about the specific of specifics of the leak, but just about leak culture and how you feel about it.
0: Um I mean it's gonna come out eventually. So, you know, I know in this case the, the sender wants to control control the message. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of going back to what we, what we opened up with and, and how big, um, you know, Grand Theft Auto is in pop culture. Like this is going to get out and they're, you know, you, I, kudos to Rockstar for keeping the game under wraps for so long. Cause predictably they've been working on this game probably for at least five years and we're just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the setting was, was leaked like, a matter of weeks, maybe a month or two ago. Um, There were some hints like a year uh, ago, but but nothing confirmed. So for all intents and purposes, the vast majority of people just found out this was placed in Florida and Vice City yesterday when the trailer came out. So kudos to Rockstar for keeping it under wraps for this long because it's been in the works for a long, long time. But yeah, I mean, these things are so sought after that, you know, leaks are going to happen and it's kind of trashy. I, I generally, when something like this happens, I personally like to, not give the leaker the benefit and you know try to go to an official source um because I don't want to see somebody's fucking Bitcoin advertising yeah. or anything like that. So yeah
1: yeah it is what yeah it is. by the by the time I got onto Twitter and saw it it had been like six minutes since they posted it and I literally saw the like the thumbnail on Twitter and I clicked on it because I was like I got I gotta see if this is real and it was already taken down. Um, So that's how quick, like you had to be there quickly, at least least for the repost or whatever that I saw. So, um, and and Ed's right in the chat. We also did have that dev build leak from maybe going on two years ago. I don't know, time has changed. I don't know when anything actually happened anymore. I had kids like 10 years ago and then everything else has just been sometime within the last couple of weeks, uh, as far as my memory is concerned. But yeah, we did have a dev build uh, that leaked and that's when we found out the, the protagonist was... At least one of the protagonists was most likely going to be a Latina woman. So um, we did know that, but he says, no way that was last year or this year. That is entirely possible. You'll see. <laughs> when you become old and feeble like me, you'll understand how you don't understand how time works anymore. Right. Okay, last thing. Um, the game is not confirmed, and this doesn't mean it's definitely not coming, but it's not confirmed for PC at launch. What and of course, if. we don't know specifically when launch is going to be, other than it's going to be 2025, most likely. But I want to talk about this in a couple aspects. One, why? Uh, and, and then two, the online streamer RP culture has enabled GTA to grow so much larger than just the online could have done, because there are so many people who've gotten into it From that angle alone, of course, streamers play a big culture. Of course, streamers can play on PlayStation, Xbox, whatever. But I don't know why. Why? Brandon, why are they not putting it out on why is it not confirmed at least for Yeah, PC? I
2: mean, they've made it very clear that they want to put out a product that's finished at release and I don't think they're the type of company that really is gonna take many big risks. Um, they've done this in the past where they've put PC out later and it clearly is something that takes a lot more time to kind of perfect and has a lot more quirks to it. Um, in some ways. Red Dead 2 was like forever after so, it launched So, you consoles. know, do I think it's lame because I think a large portion of their audience was uh, incredibly increased because of something like GTA RP, um, which is only on PC? Do I think it's lame? Right. Yes. Do I understand why they wouldn't want to open that can of worms at launch? Yes. So, mm-hmm. it, it sucks, but like, at the end of the day, it's like, if you really want to play the game, you're going to buy it anyways. So... Yeah. fucking deal with it. <laughs> and then yeah. it, you know it it's going to come. There's no doubt it's going to come with the success it's had, but um yeah, I don't know. I feel
1: dave does uh I'm sorry. No, I was going to say okay, yeah.
2: I just feel like at this rate it's just super clear that they want to put out something that's quality because that's what they always do. And you know, yeah. as shitty as it is for the consumer, it's like, well what would you rather have? You know, I would rather just have the complete game and it polished in some capacity. And if that means I have to wait another year for it to come out, great. If that means I have to wait two years for the PC version to come out, that's fine because we don't want another fucking (laughs) cyberpunk. We don't want to have to wait four years for it to get good, you know? Um, And Rockstar doesn't want that either, so.
1: Right. Dave, um, how much do you think that piracy plays a role in this decision obviously there is the quality control angle but do you think they're thinking like how much money they could lose if they put it out there instead of just on consoles at first
0: yeah it's going to be the thing to play when it comes out and um if you if you have it a console exclusive to begin with um then i think you kind of it kind of works as a safeguard against um you know people coming in and 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 you know pirating and online. So I think that makes sense. I'll just kind of echo what Brandon says. I think Grand Theft Auto has historically been a console game and it probably makes sense for as, as much of a monster as this game is going to be technically that it makes sense for Rockstar to just kind of focus on getting it working on current gen hardware. So um, yeah, I think, I think it makes sense to kind of go this route. Somebody in the chat kind of mentioned that this is, could be a strategy to, because people will buy it twice. That could also be part of it. But I think the underpinning reason is is what Brandon said, where, you know, let's just focus on uh, on console because it's not as simple as just... You know, pu- putting yeah. something on PC is not easy. So uh, use your right. resources, put it in one spot, and then um, release on Even PC though it's built
1: on PC,
2: it's still well, it's, not as simple as just... The, the yeah, hardware is so complex, paid. you know? As she, you you mm. have to work with so many more... Um, so many more variables on pc and i think that makes for a non-stable game and they like i said they have made it clear that they and have in the past that they're interested in making their games as stable and as high quality as possible and that's paid off for them time and time again so why would they change it now i mean i feel like rockstar you know a lot of companies could learn a lot from rockstar and they never will because they don't have the resources but you know they do it in a way because they have the resources and because they allocate those properly and do it in the right time frame that you know a lot of companies can't do. So
1: yeah, agreed. It will be interesting. Uh, the ne- <laughs> The next probably two close to two years of our lives will be consumed with some of this news, and I don't think we'll spend all that much time until unless something big is happening. I'm not going to comment every week on you know new speculations or anything. This is like a Grand Theft Auto
0: so. podcast now.
1: No, this is a Fortnite podcast. Yeah. Um, sorry, I don't know if you knew that or not, but um, that is the, the story there is my wife uh, was talking about uh, me having a podcast and somebody's was like, oh, what's it about? She's like, oh, it's about Fortnite. And then she was telling me about the conversation later and then she was like, don't, I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, I told him it was about Fortnite. I was like, no, it's not. And she's, I was like, <laughs> we talk about Fortnite sometimes. She goes, I thought, that, I thought that was your show about Fortnite. I was like, we, did, we, we had we one. We quit yeah. that like three years ago. <laughs> and she's like, oh. Yeah. You still do a podcast, though, right? I was like, yes.
2: Oh, dude, (laughs) also, we didn't mention this, but, you know, once again, to just double down on the influence this has on pop culture and, like, YouTube culture, 71 million views in er, in, uh, 24 hours is Mm -hmm. absolutely batshit crazy. When you have, like, 30,000 people looking at a blank screen before the trailer even dropped, dude, it's... People are hungry man, and i I cannot blame yeah. them, but they are fucking hungry and this game, yeah, we thought we were seeing records this year for games, dude, just wait, just wait, yep, yeah. so
1: yeah, it will blow everything out of the water, I mean probably the only game once once it's all said and done that's that ever will sell more than g t a five is minecraft, and that's been over yeah. twenty plus right. years, so. Yeah, it'll be insane, and it's also on literally every platform, including smartwatches. I'm pretty sure so. <laughs> it's on. Per- Speaking of Fortnite, oh shit, let's go, Brandon. I know this one's especially for you. If, like I said, if you're if you're not a GTA fan or a Fortnite fan, most of this podcast is going to be for you. bit, but we'll try to move a little. It's bit
2: the quicker. big news. What are you going to do?
1: It is the big news. Number two, Fortnite enthusiasts are anticipating the world premiere announcement of Rocket Racing, a new game mode inspired by Rocket League. During the Game Awards in 2023, host Jeff Keighley has teased Rocket Racing's debut set for December 8th, promising a fast paced racing experience with Fortnite's universe within Fortnite's universe. Psyonix, the studio behind Rocket League, collaborates with Epic Games and actually they own them, but, you know, they're collaborating with this supersonic arcade racer featuring tracks with boosters for competitive play. Epic Games' acquisition of Psionics in 2019 lays the groundwork for this cross-title collaboration. In addition to Rocket Racing, Epic Games is introducing other new experiences to Fortnite. LEGO Fortnite, a survival-crafting LEGO adventure, merges LEGO's creativity with Fortnite's Open Worlds, debuting on December 7th. Rocket Racing, resembling Psionics Rocket League, delivers a supersonic arcade racing mode December 8th. Developed by Harmonix, the creators of Rock Band Fortnite Festival, a musical mode enabling players to form bands and rock to hit songs, launches on December 9th. This trio of additions amplifies the excitement for Fortnite players, aligning with the unveiling of what I haven't mentioned yet, which is Chapter 5, a brand new map, new mechanics, new animations, etc. that enhances the overall gaming experiences. Brandon. Is it time to get down to the Victory Royale? Yeah, Fortnite, we have about to get down. Um, so... Oh,
2: yeah. oh yeah. no, dude. Yeah. Oh, no, dude. It is It is the fabled song. Um, The tale as old as time there. Um, so, yeah. now, this is cool. Um, they had teased that something big was going to be changing with Fortnite after the OG season. I don't think anyone yeah. had any idea how big this change was going to be. I mean, typically, we get large fundamental changes to the game every season or nearly every season. Um, but yeah, having entire new modes, I mean, I checked out a lot of these. There's like a little preview. If you sat through the mm-hmm. Big Bang event, um, you got a little bit, uh, a, a little tease. Let's say that of what these yep. modes were going to be like. So got to try out the Rocket League mode. It same, seemed fine. It's just like a racer. I guess that's kind of cool um the lego mode i'm incredibly intrigued by um you didn't really try that out so much as just like flew around and looked at stuff obviously super cool you know as a fan of the lego games i'm always interested in more lego games because they always end up being really fun for absolutely no reason necessarily um unless and it's a survival true which at least that's what they're calling it which you know between Ben and I we both love the genre so um, and, and lastly uh, more recently we've got back into Rock Band and this is kind of a funny time to kind of be dipping our toes back into that <laughs> and are like I wonder what they're doing right now and it's like oh well they're working on a game inside Fortnite so um, even got to try a little demo of that it isn't quite the same as holding the guitar I'll admit first hand but mm-hmm. as, a, as a, a, a huge fan of music I am always interested in rhythm games so yeah this is really yeah. cool and it and it shows once again another giant clearly and always willing to innovate in some ways, um, and to not necessarily stagnate like some companies, Activision. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is this is just uh, really cool to see. And we were enjoying Fortnite before all this happened. So all this news coming out, it's like we were having fun before this, and now to have essentially you know three entire new. I don't know that I want to call them games, but they kind of are like three new games.
1: I, I think they are, so, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I guess we'll see how flushed out they are here next week. But um, yeah. yeah, super, super interesting. Already invested in the ecosystem, so this is going to be an easy win for me. But I don't know what you think,
1: Dave. I know... Well, Dave, I, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to pitch it to Dave and ask, you know, I know you're, not, you're a newcomer to Fortnite. You've played a couple games. Uh, you died to the storm in one of them, from what I understand uh in your first game ever which hey that happens um but uh you, you've not been a, a big Fortnite guy in the past and that's totally fine do any of these modes intrigue you and also i wanted to talk about the fact that a couple of weeks ago we talked about how um uh Snoop Dogg and his son were starting a new gaming company and it was going to be within the Fortnite engine and we were like huh, how does that work well as we're seeing Uh, this is how it works you create new games you create new experiences you you pull the the roblox approach and you do it i don't know how do you see all that working and are we going to see more of it without it being epic related
0: yeah well uh brandon kind of finished off with a, a really important word there and i think it's ecosystem and i think what epic is making with fortnite is not kind of a singular experience it's it's a lot of things like you can play a Rocket League style game or you can play a Battle Royale or you can do the Rockstar kind of thing or you can learn how to be a developer in Fortnite, which is you know the Snoop Dogg thing kind of. So um I did download Fortnite the other week and uh it was more on Ben's endorsement of like not so much you should come play with us and you know I wanted to play with the boys, but it was more like Ben, you were talking about, like, how good it was as a third-person shooter. And, uh, you know, I played a little bit of Fortnite, but I, I think that's what kind of rung with me. And I booted it back up. I played a couple of games, and it kind of just reminded me of how much Battle Royales do not resonate with me. But that's not the point. The point is, is, like, I think with Fortnite, there's going to be so much more to do, and there, there already is so much more to do. I was watching people on Twitch play, like, a a, a Squid Game-style match. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. that was cool, and it, it wasn't battle royale. Well, it kind of wasn't a way, but in any case, I th- I think this is kind of showing what direction Epic is really trying to take Fortnite in, and how they're they're trying to give this thing legs for a long, long time to come. Because adding skins to battle royale is going to you know lose steam at some point. So I think this is a really interesting way they're going about it, and uh, it's going to be making money for a long, long time. So.
1: I think a a key piece of that skins conversation and Brandon mentioned ecosystem as well uh, is people have been playing this game now for when it come out in 2018, save the world. Initially, I think came out in 2017 or 2018. And of course, many people have started playing it then and never stopped. Brandon and I, we have played it off and on for many years. Um, And over time we've accumulated like a lot of skins and a lot of different things in the game. And, and if, If Epic were to just say, we've got a new game, you should get into it. And it were just a completely different game. Maybe it's still free to play, but I got to start over from square one. That feels a little rough compared to, hey, everything you already own in Fortnite, you can still use in these games. I mean, the skins are going to be available in those games that you're going to be able to earn new skins in Fortnite for the other games and the other games for Fortnite, vice versa. The battle pass is going to be shared like it's it's such a stroke of genius that um, I'm wondering why, how they didn't do it sooner because they've had all these assets for so long. So that's really interesting to see. And it's also interesting to to think about how like, you know, battle Royale genre doesn't appeal to Dave very much. That's fine. Not everybody's going to like the same genre, but guess what? Maybe people who don't like battle Royales really like survival games and they like building, but they're, they're not really wanting to go out and, and be playing a third-person shooter, but they want to still, and so so they're still going to make your money from that. And, you know, you want to play Rock Band on a controller or a keyboard, whatever, but, hey, you want to play Rock Band and, and you don't have a way to do it anymore. Uh, now you do. Um, you want to you play Rocket League, but you don't really like Rocket League because everybody's a shitter in Rocket <laughs> League. No personal experience um, coming through there in my bias, I guess. But uh, now you got another way to play that. So I just think, having that ecosystem and having all that stuff, like it's it's clearly worked in a different way, but having everything in one ecosystem has worked for Roblox uh, so well. And they're so gigantic. It's insane. I mean, there's games in Roblox that are made in Roblox and that you have to download Roblox to play these games. There are games in there that have merchandise at Walmart. Like that's pretty substantial to have a game inside of a game that has its own merchandise. So yeah, it's, um, it's really interesting to see and I'm really curious to know if it's going to be a net positive or a net negative for the rest of the industry because are other people going to start trying to do the same stuff and if so is it going to divert resources from getting other types of games or are we just going to see more consul- we've already we've got three studio. we've got epic we've got psionics and we've got um, what's the other one harmonics the uh, harmonics all working on Fortnite essentially now and while they're going to be working on different modes could they be out doing other things making other games you know somebody mentioned that they're not really um they're not really working on Rocket League anymore i'm sure they're doing some work but you know they're not really working on Rocket League anymore um i don't know i don't know how that looks for the future of gaming and the future of the industry in general so it'll be interesting to see any thoughts there you don't have to elaborate if you don't want it, but also for free <laughs> Yeah, that's, for, for that's free. the other thing. And they're and, making
2: so much money And still. like, I know I bitch about the free, but I don't know. Here's my thing. I feel like Fortnite has kind of been the pioneer of this and has kind of um, made a lot of the headway in the industry and set a lot of the standards. And I still feel like playing Fortnite, I'm experiencing one of the better and maybe the best models, even as it's continued to develop over the years. And I don't feel that way in other free-to-play games sometimes. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're not like, you know, I'm not r- meat-riding or anything. I just, I've said it, I got a lot of respect for what they're doing with this game, and I feel like, is it a net negative that these ga- these companies could be working on something else? Possibly, but, I mean, this is the way it goes. And the option is this or Embracer, and they get they get yeah. buried. So, I right. don't know. It, I guess I guess this is better than that. Sure. I
0: I'm convinced that Roblox exists and you mentioned Roblox and that's kind of why I thought about it, but I'm convinced that Roblox exists for the sole purpose of conditioning the youngest of gamers to consume microtransactions. And yeah. if if that's if that is the case, then I think unfortunately that's where this is going long term for for the entire industry yeah. and I think every publisher sees the amount of money that epic's making with this 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 style of delivery and it's just i'll talk more about it when we get into what we've been playing but yeah it's times are changing
1: yeah uh the times they are changing indeed uh, we've got a few uh, hellos in the chat and uh hello hello to everyone who who's popping in for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time we appreciate having you um and then there's a lot of conversation about Fortnite being great uh, conversations that are trolling about fair games. Uh, we don't acknowledge Ratic anymore. So anyway, let's move on. We got a couple more news items and then we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I want to move through this quickly because we'd like to keep the show to about an hour. It's gonna be a little over that, but uh, not too long, hopefully. Both of these next news stories kind of come from the same place. But number three is that Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, addressed the possibility of reviving classic games, including the beloved Banjo-Kazooie franchise. Acknowledging the desires of Banjo fans, Spencer expressed the company's openness to revisiting iconic characters and stories when the right team and the opportunity arise. Banjo-Kazooie, a rare-owned platformer, hasn't seen a new installment since Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, released 15 years ago for Xbox 360. While the franchise has gained recent prominence with Banjo and Kazooie featured in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, the series added to the Nintendo Switch Online and the, the prospect and the series added to Nintendo Switch Online, the prospect of a new game remains uncertain. Original Rare Team members in the 25th anniversary interview with Video Games Chronicle, we talked about this a little while back, expressed uncertainty about the existence of the right team and questioned the audience's, the audience's size for a new Banjo-Kazooie game. Um... Guys, I wanted to talk a little bit, not just about Banjo-Kazooie, but about the fact that now that, I mean, Xbox already had access, of course, to Rare um, with Sea of Thieves and hopefully someday Everwild, but they don't have all their IP, of course, but uh, they do have Banjo-Kazooie and they have some others. Do you think, are you interested in a Banjo-Kazooie revival? And also along with that, what other games that Microsoft now owns under its new massive umbrella, including Activision, do you want to see a revival of? Uh, Brandon, we'll go to you first. Are there any, you know, what stands out to you? Oh,
2: man. Why'd you throw it to me first?
1: Um. Dave, let's go to you first. Is there anything you want to see? Um,
0: Yeah, I don't know. When it comes to Banjo-Kazooie and and Rare in general, I think the the talent that kind of created the most memorable Rare experiences are long gone. And I think trying to revive any of that with whatever Rare is today um, is probably a lost cause. Now, I, I think Rare is a talented studio, but I think Rare is better served at, you know, things like Sea of Thieves or hopefully whatever Everwild is, uh, new experiences. Because I feel like trying to dig up some of the, the you know, retro Rare stuff like uh, Perfect Dark hasn't really gone very well. Um Donkey Kong obviously that is owned by Nintendo, but I don't know. I I feel like with Banjo-Kazooie just maybe stick to a remaster or a a, a re-release or something like that, but maybe don't try to go back to the well with this one um other than just a remaster remake. As for something else I would want, I don't know. I can't really think off the top of my head. Um what I would like to see Microsoft bring back. I'm okay with new IP. (laughs) Microsoft, you can just kind of focus on that. Like, let's let's get some new stuff. Uh, So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Brandon, uh, I don't know if you need some more time, but I got... You're good. Um, I think that worst case scenario I feel like they could revive Banjo even if they just did a simple port Um, kind of like how they did Crash you know test the waters and then if the IP continues to grow in the modern age then I feel like we can continue to build upon that I feel like it wouldn't take much effort to kind of bring it over in any capacity Uh, maybe I'm wrong But um, I feel like it kind of would be a win-win. You maybe get one of your smaller studios to kind of port it out and then see how it goes. But um, as far as other Activision titles, I mean, man, you know what I would love to see? I don't know if you guys have any experience with this game. And I know they recently did a remake of this, but I would love to see a new True Crimes. Um, Mm, I was a huge fan of True Crimes of um, New York. I played a little bit of L.A., um, but I thought this was a really interesting game. Um, series back in the day. It's been many, many years, but yeah, I would love to see a new true crime game, especially with obviously the rise of things like Grand Theft Auto, like an open world game like this, um, not not exactly the same as GTA. Um, you know, the other side of it, I right. guess, the the police, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see them bring this back.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that I think you know, talking about Banjo specifically or, or other games in that same uh, genre where they have a, a few games that are a little older at this point, you know, just doing a a remaster, which is still hard work, but um, or a remake, which is hard work um, and putting that out and testing the waters. And then if you sell 10 million copies, you make another one. Okay. That's, that's totally fine. But I think if they were to just like slightly up res them and, and put out a collection just to satisfy that itch of people who want to be able to play stuff on modern hardware Um, on a a modern platform then i think that goes a long way Uh, of course if they're divert if if they're diverging from working on new ip then i'm not for that because i'm with dave i want new ip and i think brandon thinks that as well but with that said if it can you know if it can make them some cash they'd be silly not to do it so um kind of along the same guidelines i think in the same interview number four Xbox invests over a billion dollars a year into its Xbox Game Pass subscription service, according to Xbox head Phil Spencer. This substantial financial commitment supports third-party games entering Game Pass, offering a diverse range of titles from major releases to indie games. Game Pass, a service built over the last five years, extends across PC and cloud platforms, contributing significantly to the Xbox console identity. While Game Pass won't be coming to PlayStation or Nintendo platforms, so Spencer says, at least they don't have any plans for it, Spencer emphasized a focus on innovation for users committed to the Xbox hardware platform. Additionally, Xbox is actively working on a mobile store to compete with the major players like Apple and Google, considering it an essential part of the company's strategy. And of course, especially since they own several mobile game developers now, um, that is way more uh, necessary than before. But Dave, I just wanted to see what you thought about that number, a billion dollars a year on Game Pass a lot. Yeah,
0: I mean it sounds like a lot but uh if I I just kind of quickly checked it the last time we got uh, a Game Pass figure on how many people subscribe to Game Pass, January 2022 it was estimated uh 25 million or sorry, Microsoft said 25 million. So you times that by roughly $10 per user per month, uh it works out to about 3 billion dollars in revenue a year. So investing a third of that at least makes a little bit of sense i also wonder what what does investment mean like that can be a very broad term does investment mean um you know as it's kind of identified in this article where it's pouring some money into third-party games or is uh an acquisition of activision does that count as an investment because i I would say that's an investment in game pass but um i don't know a a million a billion dollars is is seems about right and i think Mm -hmm. i think Microsoft is probably seeing return on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully this means that the subscription service is moving in the right direction, and we continue to see Microsoft uh, aggressively um, invest in in Game Pass because it makes it better for us. So, yeah, it seems about
1: Yeah, right. absolutely. Brandon, do you think that, I mean, I guess we have no way to know, that, that number can't include their own first-party games. Yeah. Um, so they're really spending more on it in some way, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, you'd
2: think not, but Dave said it right. I mean, this is really their cash cow. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they're making money off the software, but the monthly subscription is the new model in almost all forms of consumption. Um, and so investing in this as it grows and continues to grow is a no brainer. I mean, this is going to sustain Xbox in all they do for years to come. Um, and a billion dollars does seem like a lot of money, but Dave's absolutely right. In no way does that seem out of the ordinary. And it's good for us. You know, I'm a Game Pass subscriber and, um, you know, part of me wishes PlayStation had something as robust as Game Pass. And so, you know, when one platform continues to get better, you hope that at some point
1: the rest catch up. So, yeah, Yeah. this is good. Well, I think I don't think PlayStation would have expanded their PlayStation Plus program at all to include um, basically a library if it hadn't been for Game Pass pushing them to do so. Exactly, It's a win-win, so. Yeah. And you were, you subscribed to the higher tier of, of PlayStation Plus for a while. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't call to you as much as. Game yeah, Pass, I like. did for
2: like about a year. Um, and it's only because I got a pretty good deal and I had some very like specific interests that, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of them actually, the only easy way for me to play it at all, um, on my yeah. modern console was to do that. Um, you know, some of the old God of Wars I was able to stream, you know, without the hardware mm-hmm. anymore. So, um, Yeah, I I guess unless there's something niche, I really don't feel like, and we've said this before, I I don't think that PlayStation's product, unless there's something specific on it, um, which I guess you could argue that with Game Pass for some people too. But yeah, I just think it's definitely a superior product and investing in it is smart um, either way you cut it for us or for them. So yeah.
1: All right, it's that time of the show where we talk about what we have been playing. Brandon, both games you've been playing, I have also been playing. Uh, So I'll hop in to, to comment uh periodically but go ahead yeah, absolutely i'm gonna start with fortnite because we've been talking about it a lot
2: um i'm not gonna spend too much time on it because i know we had a big topic on the show about it as well and we've talked about it for a couple weeks now but the new update come out um and aside from all the cool new things that are going to be coming here in about a week um they added some really cool things like aim down sight um to the game again and weapon attachments which have been really cool um it's interesting how different this game feels, even though it's actually the same game. Um, and it's crazy mm-hmm. that a season can do that. So um, a lot of fun. I'm interested in playing it some more. We haven't had quite as much success, but I think we're still getting our footing. It's only been out for a couple of days. Um, and the OG map was obviously the shoot we knew. So um, right. a lot of fun. I, I, ben, I know you haven't played too, too much. What were your thoughts on the yep. new season so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like what they're doing. I like the new movement, although it's taken a little bit of getting used to with the speed and everything of of moving. Uh, I like the fact that now you can you can heal and put shields on while you're while you're moving around. You're a little slower, but at least you're moving. Um, I very much enjoy like some of the some of the just the new mechanics in general. The mantling feels a little different. The the wall climbing is a little different, of course, um, or it's it's possible at all. I guess I would say. The thing that's bugging me right now, and I haven't, this just comes with playing for a while, is that there's so many new guns and guns I've never touched or seen before. And I'm just having trouble getting used to knowing what they all do. And then also, like, I think they show the wraps in your inventory now on the guns. So when I have a specific, like, I have it set on random for all my wraps and stuff. So sometimes I'll have like three guns that look exactly the same, but they're totally different guns. I mean, they don't look exactly the same, but at a glance, it's very hard to figure out what they are um, when they're in my inventory. So I don't love that, but I can just disable the wraps and that's no problem. But yeah, I mean, Fortnite's one of those games that I'll probably always come back to every now and then. Uh, Right now, I'm just in a Fortnite mood. So we've been playing a good bit of it. And of course, with OG here, we had to play. Um, It was was like a legal requirement, I think. (laughs) Of anybody who owned the game before uh, Battle Royale came right. out, but but it um it's scratching the niche for yeah, sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, um, and uh, lastly, I, playing a little game called Lethal Company. Uh, this game has been all over the internet. Um, a a, a smashing success for a, a development team of one. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Um, seeing yeah. articles. This is currently outselling Call of Duty on Steam, and it's just. It's such an amazing thing every time something like this happens. And I would say that even if I had only played the game once and I was like, yeah, it's not for me. I would have been happy to support this developer because the game's good and I do love it. And it just happens that I was really enjoying it. We played it. I've played it two times now. And... Um, I haven't played games that are similar to this like a lot of people are uh, comparing it to like Phasmophobia which I haven't tried and I know is also super popular Um, but yeah you just get a couple couple of your friends you get dropped into a map and there's some scary shit going on and you gotta loot and you're probably gonna die and it makes for some of the funniest interactions I don't know if it's just the way the sound works, and it's the atmosphere, and it's how the camera looks a little janky, or the audio's echoey. Like, I don't know what it is. The whole package just comes together in such an interesting and fun way that you don't really see a lot of games. Exactly like this, um, and I feel like it kind of stands out in a crowd of so many games, um, and that's kind of cool to see, especially from such a small team. But yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to playing this game again. I, uh, w- mm-hmm. The first night we played, we we knew next to nothing about it, and so we you know we're just kind of getting our bearings. But um, last night we played quite a bit more and it was really fun kind of knowing what the fuck was going on for just a minute even if you didn't really know what was going on just to kind of get your feet on the ground Um, but yeah it's would recommend it for anyone and at a $10 price tag you absolutely cannot beat it for the value I think that it is a game that even though it doesn't have matchmaking I feel like it's obviously uh,
1: best played with people you know Um, it does have matchmaking if you want to join like a a lobby if you're just making a lot your own lobby then you can set it not sure much. but
2: um i yeah. feel like obviously this is one of those games that really shines with people you know i mean who knows mm-hmm. you could always get some really wacky experience with randos that could be fun too but um yeah. playing with your buddies in this sort of game is uh, some unmatched fun that i've had in games anything
1: like mm-hmm. it recently so yeah so for for anybody out there who has not who who has heard lethal company but they've never experienced the game here's the very basic gist uh, you can have a team of up to four players, at least in the vanilla version of the game. I think you can mod it to be more than that. Um, and you are uh, you're working for this company and you go to places and you have to go inside scary bunkers and find stuff to sell to the company to meet your quota. And in those scary bunkers is our monsters and they can eat you. And everything's like really dark. The thing that really makes the game stand out is if you're playing this game, don't play don't like be talking to your buddies in Discord. Because the thing that makes it really stand out is that it's kind of, you know, real to life and that you can only hear somebody if they're super close to you. If they die, you can't hear them anymore. Because of the map is so dark in some parts, you don't always know what happened to them. Like, you know, the other night, um, Brandon walked into a room... (laughs) and the door closed like the door closed behind them and then when we walked into the room we like we didn't know where he was anymore and a monster had come and eaten him. We didn't know if he just like got lost and went too far away we couldn't hear him anymore, if he fell into a hole that we didn't get recovered if a monster ate him so we were like really freaked out. And the really fun part is if you're the person who dies, you can still hear your party talking but they can't hear you talking anymore because you're dead. Right. Yeah. So it creates for a lot of fun in that way. And we haven't survived long enough or kept our jobs long enough, I guess is the thing you haven't, we haven't collected enough scrap to really make it past a couple of days, but um, you can get upgrades. You can buy weapons. You can buy flashlights, walkie talkies, all that kind of stuff. We've participated in some of that, but you, there's things that you can get as you progress and make more money to make the game a little easier. Um, you know, you can have a walkie talkie. So one person can stay on the ship and guide them through on the map on the thing. Uh, while the other people go but you know there's just a lot of cool dynamics that come along with the audio design of the game and making it so that it's only um, it's it's way more fun if you're not talking in discord and you don't know what the hell's going on with the rest of your friends and ben, you
2: know what else too something you didn't mention so not only is it fun because you're talking to your boys and you know there's you're like in a building so you're hearing like the weird reverb and shit but when you're yes. talking in game the monsters can also hear you
1: yes so that that is an interesting experience as well so um definitely we were playing with our buddy jimmy last night and he wanted the monsters to eat his butt he did so he was just screaming he was trolling. And i don't think any of them got him actually i think he just fell off I, the side of a rail I ended up just dying yeah <laughs> yeah and it's seriously
2: it's so fun because you know we're like oh shit oh shit a monster a monster and then and then everybody makes it through the door and then it's like you turn around and one of your buddies didn't make it through and you're like is he dead you don't know and where then you like at. go back yeah. to the door, and you're standing there in the dark for a second, and you just see these eyes start to walk towards you, and you just fucking scramble and run away. It's super
1: fun, man. Um, yeah. Would recommend highly. Yeah, and yeah the 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 comparison to uh, phasmophobia is is good. It's a, it's a similar in the voice chat way in the scary way. Um, there's a lot of differences as well, but uh, I think if you if you loved Phasmophobia, I think there's a lot to love here with this game as well. Um, not the same kind of scary, not the same kind of of, um, of missions that you're doing, but it's definitely in the same. I would put it in the same genre. Uh, people are comparing it to all sorts of stuff, though. That I'm like, no, it's not like that other thing that you're comparing it to. But yeah, give it a shot. It's ten bucks, like Brandon said, and it's a one man team. I mean, this guy went from I don't know what his situation was before. I think he was make. I think he was making stuff in Roblox. Uh, if I remember correctly, and then uh, he made this, and it's just... I'm sure he is wealthy beyond what he expected uh, for sure. Dave, we'll go to you. I got a couple more things, but we'll go to you first. Uh, What else you got? What have you been playing?
0: Uh, I jump back into Hogwarts Legacy. Um... This was a game that came out in early last year and uh, Harry Potter to me is, is kind of a holidays thing. So I was looking forward to jumping back into it around the holiday season. So uh, I finished the game back when I started playing it or when I initially played it. So I'm going back and I think I'm going to go for the platinum. Uh, What I had forgotten is like how much game is actually left with Hogwarts legacy after you finish the campaign. Like there's a lot to do. And I think with like the owls portion, like your end of year exam, it's it's almost mm-hmm. kind of like an end game. I don't know if yeah. you can do the owls before you finish the campaign. So it's kind of cool that you, you know, once the credits roll, like there's a significant other portion of the game that's there for you to uh, kind of unlock
1: and go after. So um, to, co- to comment on that real quick, Dave, I think when I played it, and I did everything for the Platinum except I think you have to play as each of the houses, the intro for each one. I literally only have two of the intros left and it's like four or five hours and I haven't finished it. Um, but anyway, that's, that's where I'm at. But I don't remember if I finished it before you finish the game or after, but I know that when I, whatever point it, prompted me to go take my owls. I had already leveled up so much from doing everything else that I was ready for right. it, so there wasn't it wasn't really an end game for me, but I agree that that's I think that's the intent. Yeah,
0: and it. I mean it's cool cuz I've jumped back in and again credits have rolled and I'm not just doing cleanup and I'm not just doing meaningless side missions, but I'm actually working towards this other substantial piece. So it's uh it's cool. The interesting thing is at no point have I been playing Hogwarts Legacy and said to myself I'd really like to play a much worse version of this on a handheld. Um, so yeah. it just goes back to our conversation last week that uh, the Switch version of Hogwarts Legacy is really for people who only have a Switch. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, I finished Metroid Dread last week, and um, yeah, the last there was a lot of talk about the final boss in Metroid Dread uh, and how difficult it was, and it was really hard. It was it was a three phase endurance fight. Uh, I stuck with playing in handheld mode just because. I was watching my my newborn daughter at the time and I, I didn't really have the flexibility to to go downstairs and play. And I just kind of powered through it and got it done. So yeah, Metroid Dread is behind me. I, I love this game. I don't know if I'd replay it, but it was it was a lot of fun. And uh yeah, that last boss especially really felt like a Dark Souls boss, because like you really had to learn everything about it. Um so so yeah, and I've kind of been on this Metroid thing lately and I've been I've been looking at like Metroid Prime Remastered which came out on the Switch last year and I almost bought it last week but then I kind of took a step further and uh, I actually bought a GameCube earlier today <laughs> nice <laughs> well, okay. Out, and you can actually just see it in the in the picture behind me there um so yeah I I I bought a GameCube uh it came with uh sorry I bought it with Luigi's Mansion, uh, and Mm -hmm. it came with Tony Hawk's Underground. I didn't want Tony Hawk's Underground, but it kind of came with it. So two controllers, and uh, I booted it up for about 30 minutes before we started the show today. And um, yeah, I have really fond memories of my GameCube, but I also remember missing a lot. So like I remember playing Resident Evil 4 and I remember playing Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. I played it on GameCube not Wii cuz I didn't want to do the motion controls. But like I never played Luigi's Mansion and I never played Pikmin and I didn't play the original Metroid Prime. So like I feel like there's a lot that I've kind of missed out on from my GameCube days and I love the controller. Um so yeah, it was pretty exciting kind of plugging it in today and putting in the the red, yellow, whites, and and stuff like that, and you know, we kind of talked a little bit earlier in the show about you know microtransactions in games. So it was kind of nice to put a disc in in a in a in a in a console and boot it up, and like it goes right to the start screen, and there's 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 no in-game store or anything like
2: <laughs> that. There's
0: no menu. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Like you know, you yeah. boot up your PlayStation Five and you go to like your main PlayStation menu. This you go right into the game. So um yeah i've got i've got my eye on a couple more games um but yeah it was it was it was cool kind of doing a little bit of retro gaming and uh i'm looking forward to seeing what else i can get i'm i'm there's a there's a there's a retro game and collectible show uh in in a couple of weeks that i'm looking forward to going to to see what i can find but uh yeah
1: a little bit different but um
0: yeah that's what i've been playing nice
1: yeah gamecube is one of my all-time favorite consoles for sure so I'm sure that's fun. Um, for me, I played after after last week's show, I spent a night or two playing a game called Cocoon. It was on Game Pass, and um, really wanted to check it out. Uh, it is, here's the gist. You're a little, like, thing with wings. I don't know what you are. And you go around, and you go can go into different dimensions. And the entire game is a puzzle game. Uh, everything you're doing is a puzzle. And it has a lot to do with these little these little balls, these little spheres. I think I said cubes. I meant, I meant spheres. And the spheres take you to different worlds, and then you pick up new spheres as you go along, and some of them give you different powers, one that you shoot, one that you phase through objects, yada, yada. And throughout the entire game, you have to continue putting these spheres in different places to access new worlds and then fizzle, figure out puzzles. There is some combat in the game, primarily with bosses. Um, that you have to, you know, it's it's combat, but it's you're not really fighting. You're well, you are fight. I don't know. It, it's hard, it's really hard to explain. There's essentially no story. Um, it's very much a um, experiential game, a puzzle game, I guess you could, you know, I, you do say. But some puzzle games have a story. This one is not one of them. Um, I don't really know what to say about it, other than that I really enjoyed it. It's a very specific vibe, much like uh, some of the other stuff I've talked about recently, and uh, very calming. There are tense moments, of course. I will say at the end of the game, I did end up finishing this and 100%ing it um, on, on Xbox, on Game Pass, but for the last probably hour of the game. So I spent about an hour trying to figure out the last set of puzzles, and I could not do it. I just, I'm not very good at puzzle games to begin with, but I think... Objectively, even from a being good at puzzle game standpoint, this was a tough one. So I looked up a guide um, to get a couple like when I got stuck, I'd look up a guide, uh, get that prompt and finish it. And it still took me a little while after after that point. So I would highly recommend it. I mean, if you are um if you're a fan of puzzle games, I think it's a great one. Uh if you are not a fan of puzzle games, I would stay as far away from this game as possible because that is what it is. I mean, you're not like M- moving pegs in the holes and trying to figure out what goes where, but there's very much a portion of like you have to put worlds inside of other worlds in order to progress and in order to get to the place you need to be. And and it gets it does get a little bit confusing. If you're a puzzle genius, maybe maybe you have no problem with it at all. But uh, I very much recommend it. I think it's on all platforms as well. Uh, it's by Geometric Interactive. I'm trying to think. Here. Did they? They've got former Playdead employees. That's what drew me to it. So Playdead who did, um, was it Inside and Limbo? Inside Limbo? Um, that's what drew me to want to, to check it out. Um, I don't know that I would have checked it out otherwise, honestly, but I would say that it is a great game if you are into puzzles at all. And then the final thing I've been playing this week in between everything else is SteamWorld Build. Also a Game Pass game. I've been a longtime fan of all the SteamWorld games, been really yearning for a new one. And this one is a city builder, um, which I love city builders. It's great. Uh, It's not quite an RTS, but it's a um, well, it's a city builder. That's the best way I can describe it. And there is a story to it, although I don't really care about it that much. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to or what, but with this style of game, I've never really given much care to the stories behind them. And in in it, I mean, it's a city building. You know what it it is. You build a city. uh, You have to provide for the needs of all your residents. You have to connect them all by different roads. Um, You have to uh, get to certain goals. And then eventually, not only are you building the city, but you go underground and you have like a whole mining city and you have to get different types of miners and go out and uh, collect different resources. And you have to be able to... uh, provide all the resources to your city and then your city is making things with them that make the residents happy and you make money and it's just I love city builders and I love SteamWorld and it's like a perfect combination I think there are some faults to it one of them is that uh, the story is pretty weak but like I said that's not really my primary concern with most of these games I just have seen that as a big complaint over and over that I'm like I don't agree but if you're looking for that this doesn't have it really I mean, there is a story there, but it's it's the weakest SteamWorld story by a long shot. Um, I think another one is sometimes there's some there's just some weird graphical bugs. Like if you you know you remove something in the mines, and then sometimes the the person who removed it, the, the little m- miner SteamWorld robot guy, um, whenever he removes it, he comes away, and all you see is this hat walking around for a minute until he goes <laughs> back and drops off the stuff. So like that's a little weird. There's a little bit of glitch there, but I think that'll be easily fixed with a patch. It's not all the time either, so. And it's not distracting because you can't actually control the individual um, minors or, or the, the characters in the game. You just see them walking around when you select certain things to be done. So overall, um, it's, I'm very addicted to it. Uh, and I, I already have plans. Like, I'm doing this city right now, and as soon as I complete all the objectives and, and finish it, uh, which I don't want to say what the, the end game of these of it is, but as soon as I finish it, I've already got mapped out for a new location. I've already started thinking of, okay, the next time I'm going to do this differently and that differently and make this a little bit more efficient. Now that I know that this has to be connected to that, I'm going to make sure I have space to put them together. So like there's already things clicking in my head. And so I expect putting a few more hours into this one for sure. Uh, absolutely. So that's all I really got to say about that. Uh, I would recommend it if you like City Builders or SteamWorld. At all. and I think that's it for the show. Yeah. That's all that's we got. It. We got GTA, Fortnite, and everything else we talked about doesn't matter. Fortnite. We're about to get, down. Right.
0: To get down. no <laughs> uh,
1: sorry. I just I had it queued up. I had to. Like it starts right there. Um, thanks for being here. Don't forget, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Join us in the Discord at handsomphantom.com slash Discord. Uh, we'll be around for just a few minutes here to figure out uh, the name of the episode. But don't forget, you can catch us live at Ben is Handsome YT on YouTube Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, and then audio Wednesday or Thursday, depending on if you're a patron or not.
0: Enjoy the Game Awards. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. It's coming
1: up that's this week. We, uh, Any big predictions you want to
0: go through this, real quick? No. Discord. Okay. I'm going to predict that our Discord will be bumping on Thursday. You know,
1: it Wednesday. will be bumping. Yeah. That's for sure.
0: So I'm looking for forward sure. to a good time there.
1: Raddick says, "Good show this week," which I appreciate, especially since we smoked them a little bit. <laughs> we do like the smoke, but all right, guys. See you later. The HP podcast is sponsored by our proud patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/HandsomePhantom. The following members are at the five-dollar level, and we appreciate their contribution: Toby Ryland, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo. Maurice Spades, H-Trons, Nuke Dukem, Derek O, Grabalicious, Benji Bopp, and Link.